Sick Boy Wolfgang Production presents The Halloween Conspiracy with Jerry Horror. A deep dive into the roots and origins of infamous local urban myths, legends, and folklore. Listen closely. Your life may depend on it. Welcome to the Halloween Conspiracy with me, your host, Jerry Hara. Join us for this limited series as we delve into the supernatural phenomenon of this little place we know as Long Island, New York. Don't forget to subscribe and stay updated on all events regarding this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, welcome to the Halloween Conspiracy. I am your host, Jerry Hara. Dear God, uh, like I've said before, I've seen a lot of stuff in my time. I've uh, been a Long Island native my entire life. For most people, uh, Long Island means beautiful beaches, vineyards, All kinds of historical stuff dating back to the Native Americans. In fact, that's where a lot of these places take their names, such as the Montauk Project. But but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. The reality of what's going on here is quite frightening. Uh, If you don't know, Long Island has a parasitic and disgusting underbelly, if you will, of paranormal activity, limited not only to experiments, hauntings, and supernatural phenomenon that, quite frankly, scares the bejeebus out of me. It's kind of hard to explain to folks all the stuff that's gone on here over the years. I mean, all the folklore. You know, you want to break it down. I mean, we've got psychiatric institutes that are haunted. We've got, uh, you know, I mean, look, go down the list. There's all kinds of stuff that's just terrifying. People, they think to themselves, well, you know, it's idyllic, it's in New York, it's a place of generally perceived as wealth and that sort of thing. But for the most part, people only see that one side. And when you flip the coin, it's a hell of a lot darker on that other side than you think. The popularity of the Netflix show Stranger Things has basically captivated the imagination of uh, the world. It's one of the biggest shows globally. A lot of people don't know this, but the Duffer Brothers who made that show, it was originally called Montauk, but, uh, and that's another Native American name. Ultimately, Stranger Things, I think, was a better title, easier for people to process and pronounce, but uh, this show is, is one of the top shows in the world, and everything that, well, not everything, I mean, come on, you know, you gotta take creative license at some point, but everything that's in that show, it's based on fact, well, based on the Montauk Project, and that's kind of what we're talking about today. Stories about the Montauk Project have circulated since the early 1980s. Now, according to UFO researcher Jacques Vallée, I, I can't even say that, that's French, some nonsense, the Montauk experiment stories seem to have originated with the highly questionable account of and who both claim to have recovered repressed memories of their own involvement. 
also claims that he was periodically abducted to continue his participation against his will. Uh, from He was born May 24th, 1946 uh, on Long Island, New York. He claims to have degrees in parapsychology and electrical engineering. Uh, that's incredible. He has written a series of books known as the Montauk Project series. The primary topic of Montauk Project concerns alleged activities at Montauk Point. They center on topics including the United States government, and paramilitary organizations within the government experimenting in fields such as, but not limited to, time travel, teleportation, mind control, contact with extraterrestrial life, and staging a faked Apollo moon landing. Some of these famed developments, which uh, also followed the 1943 Philadelphia experiment, both have encouraged speculation about the contents for example, they wrote, whether you read this as science fiction or nonfiction, you are in for an amazing story. Uh, in their first chapter, describing much of the content as soft facts. That's creative license. Uh, you know, hey, it's easy to take creative license in this day and age to take some information that you've disseminated. But supposedly, supposedly, these are first-hand accounts. Do I believe it? Hmm. Let's just say I'm skeptical, uh, and that's to say the very least. The work has been characterized as fiction because the entire account seems to be fabricated. Uh, and to some extent, people have been consistently shown to contradict their own backstories. And it does appear that some of these folks just wanted to become famous in the New Age community and establish a reputation, perhaps even a brand name, to sell books and movies, God knows, maybe even some damn merchandise. At this point, folks, all that we know is that there seems to be, well, I'm going to be careful about what I say today because I, I'm not exactly 100% about disseminating the truth on this podcast. And the truth is in fact stranger than reality, there seems to be a clandestine organization that has been operating since the events of the Montauk Project. This organization uh, appears to be older than we even know. Look, I don't know if you've heard of MKUltra, but uh, let me get a, a little bit into it. Project MKUltra was the code name of a quasi-legal human experimentation program designed and undertaken by the U.S. Central Intelligence Agency, better known to the CIA to you. The experiments were intended to develop procedures and identify drugs such as LSD that could be used in interrogations to weaken individuals and force confessions through brainwashing and psychological torture. MKUltra used numerous methods to manipulate its subjects' mental states, train functions, paramilitary functions, such as the covert administration of high doses of psychoactive drugs, especially LSD and other chemicals, electroshock therapy, hypnosis, sensory deprivation, isolation, verbal and sexual abuse, in addition to other forms of torture, I don't know who these people at the Aurora Institute are, but for one thing, I know, I, I've got some sources, people that I've talked to off the record have said that this Aurora Institute 
worked in conjunction with the CIA in order to create MK Ultra. Apparently, these folks at the uh, alleged Aurora Institute, they've been doing some experiments of their own for quite some time. And the truth is absolutely shocking. MK Ultra was preceded by two drug-related experiments. It began in 1953. It was reduced in scope in 1964 and 1967. Ultimately, the project was halted in 1973. It appears as though the CIA was working with the Office of Scientific Intelligence. It began in 1953 was reduced in scope in 1964 to 1967 and ultimately halted in 1973. Now, again, this was organized through the CIA's Office of Scientific Intelligence and coordinated with the United States Army's Biological Warfare Laboratories. The program engaged in illegal activities, including the use of U.S. and Canadian citizens as unwitting test subject. MKUltra's scope was broad, with activities carried out under the guise of research at more than 80 institutions. And I believe that the Aurora Institute was one of the primary uh, forces that was involved with this entire experiment. Now look, it's kind of crazy, but the CIA operated on Long Island for quite some time using front organizations, uh, even some businesses, basically places posing to be real things, but it was more than it actually seemed. Now, some of these top officials at these institutes were aware of the CIA's involvement, and they willingly took money and participated at that time. MK Ultra was first brought to public attention in 1975, by the Church Committee of the United States Congress. Gerald Ford, yes, Gerald Ford, the United States President's Commission on CIA Activities, also known as the Rockefeller Commission. Investigative efforts were hampered by CIA Director Richard Helms' order. And all that MK Ultra files to be destroyed. And apparently at this time, the Aurora Institute just disappears in 1973. The Church Committee, Rockefeller Commission investigations, they all relied on the sworn testimony of direct participants and on the small number of documents that survived the destruction of the CIA's order. Now, this is where it gets weird, folks. In 1977, a Freedom of Information Act request uncovered a cache of 22,000 documents relating to MKUltra and the Aurora Institute, which led to Senate hearings. Some surviving uh, information about MKUltra and the whereabouts of Aurora Interactive and exactly what they were up to was declassified in July of 2001. Now listen, folks, I don't know if you want to believe this, but I've got this 22,000 pages of documents verifying first-hand accounts of these experiments. They exist. Some of them I have in my personal possession. I've been disseminating the information, and I've come to the conclusion that this clandestine Aurora Institute, whatever you want to call it, they've gone by other names, they've gone by other fronts, but the reality of it is they have played a part in this vast conspiracy 
Well, look, we, we look, we're going to talk about the beast. Okay. Supposedly MK ultra, the CIA and Aurora, they unleashed something, maybe even opened some kind of a doorway to another world, uh, metaphysically speaking. And at some point, something came through that portal and it's never left us folks. And it's out there. You've got to believe me when I say that there is a malevolent supernatural force that exists on this Long Island and it feeds on fear. Now, look, you can you can say, hey, Jerry's full of crap. He doesn't know what he's talking about. But I'm telling you, in my personal possession, I have these documents. I have sworn affidavits of people telling me firsthand accounts of what went on with Aurora and, and what went on with MK Ultra, And I'm going to tell you, folks, it's terrifying. Now, you need to arm yourself with as much information as you can going forward because it's the only way that you're going to survive and possibly be inundated with the information that's going to help you escape the tyranny of this organization because I got news for you folks. They're functioning. They're out there. You see them on TV. You see them on the internet. They're posing as other things. There is subliminal suggestion and possibly even hypnotic content. Look, if you go looking for a lot of these documents online, they've been redacted. But I will tell you that quite a bit of them have survived. Uh, According to author Stephen Kinzer, the CIA project was a continuation of the work that had begun as far back as the World War II era. Japanese facilities and Nazi concentration camps on subduing and controlling human minds. Supposedly, the technology, the techniques that were uh, perfected, so to speak, in Japanese internment camps, Nazi concentration camps, Aurora took this and they applied it to their own sciences starting as early as the 1960s. Kinzer wrote that MK Ultra's use of mescaline on unwilling subjects was a practice that Nazi doctors had begun during the concentration camp's beginnings in Germany. Kinzer proposes that evidence of the continuation of the Nazi agenda citing the CIA's secret recruitment of people that had worked under Adolf Hitler, witnesses to everything that went on with the Third Reich. They wanted to continue the experimentation on thousands of subjects. Nazis were brought to Fort Derrick in Maryland to instruct the CIA officers on the lethal uses of sarin gas. And what I got to tell you, if you don't know what sarin gas is, It's possibly a mind-controlling, mind-altering substance. And I believe that the direct manufacturer of this, this gas itself, is possibly this clandestine organization, the Aurora Institute. Look, no matter what you do, you go into this and you're looking at the various research. It goes back to the Cold War, goes back to World War II. Whatever technology was implemented I believe that the Aurora Institute has been using this and they still use it and they have all kinds of new mind control techniques that they're applying. And I got to tell you, folks, it's terrifying. As a private citizen who lives on Long Island, I have, well, I don't have proof. I don't have solid, concrete evidence. But I'm telling you, 
this Aurora Institute is still very much alive, and it's operating, and it's going under various guises. And at the end of the day, I'm just trying to make some of you aware, because knowledge is power, folks, and you need to arm and equip yourself with this knowledge, because I gotta tell you, if what I think is true, it's gonna be one hell of an autumn. It's gonna be one hell of a Halloween season, so to speak, because the evil is out of the box. It's been unleashed, Pandora's box, if you wanna call it. It's out there, folks, and uh, you'd better learn about it. Otherwise, you're gonna fall victim to it. We'll be right back with more of the Halloween Conspiracy with Jerry Horror. 80s and 90s horror fans, it is time to rejoice. You've seen his work, you're a fan of his art, and now you can wear artist Mark Schoenbach's sadist art designs. If you're a fan of cult classic horror, you know his work, you've seen it everywhere, from the Halloween franchise to Pool Party Massacre, whether it's at Slashback Video or Mac and Me, you will recognize his distinct style instantly. Now check out his latest stock, including R.L. Stein and Christopher Pike-inspired merchandise. Visit sadistartdesigns.com and put some respect on your swag. Monster lovers, young and old, living and dead, you can now make it Halloween all year round. The Gooligans are dying for you to check out their creepy comedy horror show now on their YouTube channel. Have you been ravenous for programs that are geared more towards your sick sensibility? Have you been fiending for horror and comedy so fun that it makes you want to scream? Well, dig no further. Full episodes of the Gooligans miniseries are available for you to sink your teeth into. And if you don't know about the Gooligans, it's like the monkeys meets the monsters meets Pee-wee's Playhouse. These fun party monsters exist purely to bring on the death of your life-sucking normal everyday TV show. The Gooligans follows the adventures of Boris Stein, the monstrous Frankenstein construct, Wolfgang W. Wolfgang, the likable lycanthrope, and Void, king of the slow zombies, joined by a cadre of your favorite cult cretins, including vampires, sea creatures, luchadors, and sexy go-go girls. Check out the full episodes of their miniseries now on the Gooligans YouTube channel and have a scary good time. Stay spooky all year long at Strange Love Parlor, Long Island's exquisite oddities and curiosity parlor in Lindenhurst, New York. They've got some ghastly apparel. Strange Love Parlor supplies an array of goth jewelry, unisex horror-themed gear, Halloween accoutrement, monstrous purses and wallets, spooky pins, patches, and stickers, providing you with the most wonderful and the most strange of treasures. Visit Strange Love Parlor regularly to find the item of your dreams, or perhaps even your nightmares. Grab your ghoul gang and visit today. Strange Love Parlor in Lindenhurst, Long Island, New York. There appears to be a first-hand account uh, a redacted final report prepared and written by Dr. Steve Brownlee. He is the only survivor of what they have called 
the Great Reset Boogaloo. Uh, dear God, location remote, year 2021. This is all recent events. Who I once thought of friends turned on me. Out of that chaos came division and sides that had to be picked. There was no reasoning. You were either for or against the Institute. Those against it called for the destruction of it. And the only way to move forward. Those who said nothing were assumed to be in agreement with the ways of this Institute. It wasn't so straightforward for either side. And I had concerns. What happens to us in the simulation of the Institute, is it destroyed? Was it worth sacrificing our own lives for the greater good? It's a difficult question, and one that doesn't have any easy answer. What Brownlee's talking about here is the use of propaganda, uh, not just against uh, the U.S. citizens, but within the organization itself, as if the people who were... uh, doing all these experimentations and whatnot, they themselves were being gaslit by the organization. A sense of distrust had formed within the Aurora Institute. People needed to know, however. The problem now was that this group had fractured again and it was causing friction from within. Uh, Brownlee felt distraught. It was because of this and and what was happening that... uh, He questioned whether or not he should have been involved if he could disappear at this point. Would it have been better just to let everyone live in blissful ignorance, not allowing them to know that the simulation that Aurora had created was slowly infecting the minds of people on Long Island? You know, was he right to question the motives of others, to question the motives of the CIA and various intelligence agencies that worked in conjunction with the Aurora Institute. Hey, look, most adults portray the extreme willingness to go to almost any lengths on the command of authority. He knew that he was definitely going to escape this and go back to the real world. Because one way or another, he was not going to let this consume him. But I think, unfortunately, for Dr. Stephen Brownlee, the damage had been done. He felt guilty. And if he was guilty of anything, it was telling the truth. Liberating people's minds with this information. Look, I'm just highlighting what this guy claims. Some of it I think is truth. Some of it I don't really believe. I have to say that I'm still skeptical about this supposed first-hand account of working for these Aurora people. I mean, come on. You know, wouldn't somebody have, wouldn't this have been a major news story? Wouldn't this be out in the public consciousness? How could U.S. citizens not be aware of what was going on? Because folks, this is not an isolated incident. The way that this organization is operating is absolutely sinister. This is far beyond any kind of propaganda created uh, even by the Nazis. Jesus Christ, this is insane. I mean, this is crazy. Uh, you know what, though? I think it's important. Uh, look, I, was, I talked to somebody. I talked to somebody. And I said, hey, you know, maybe you could put me in touch with this uh, Stephen Brownlee. You know, maybe if I could just disseminate Perhaps some of these statements that he's made, if I could just 
talk to him. You know, get a little bit of information. See if this guy's not some kind of a wacko. Because let's face it, Long Island's full of them. We got plenty of wackos. Hell, we even got our own serial killer. Heard of Gilgo Beach? Yeah, well, we got stuff too. It's fucking crazy, man. I, I, like, I don't know. Is this guy telling the truth? That, dear listener, is up to you. I'm only presenting some of the mere facts or, well, fiction that I've discovered. And ultimately, folks, it is up to you as a citizen of the United States of America and as a person who's curious about what exactly happened with the Aurora Institute here in Long Island, New York. And just as I thought, this guy, again, is ducking my phone calls. Where are you, Steve? Are you going to answer the phone this time? Yeah, probably not. Just as I thought, this guy, he is slick. Uh, Either that or he just doesn't want to talk to me. Maybe he said too much. Either way, I can't get this guy on the phone. I've been playing, uh, I don't even know what you call it, email tag, going back and forth with messages. And he says that he's going to speak to me and he's going to lay his cards on the table. But folks, as we know, I just tried calling him. Where is he? I don't know. Maybe he's at the store. Uh, Maybe he's been brainwashed by Aurora. Who the hell knows? One thing is for certain, this guy is shady. But God damn it, he's the missing piece and I need to speak to him. It's the only way that I can try to find another piece to this puzzle. Perhaps even a little bit of closure uh, to figuring out what exactly his role at Aurora was. Because I feel, and this is just my opinion, I feel that we are not getting the truth. I think ultimately that, folks, is what the Halloween conspiracy is all about. Finding the truth. And just like the X-Files said in the 90s, the truth is out there. And I'm going to find it, folks. One way or another, I'm going to get this guy on the phone and we're going to get to the bottom of this Aurora business once and for all. Everybody that I've talked to says that this Steve Bromley character worked at the Aurora Institute, that there is confirmation of his involvement within these events and experimentation. Uh, One way or the other, folks, this guy's been ducking me. He is afraid to expose the truth. Maybe he's afraid for his life. Who knows? I I don't know. I mean, look, we're talking about an organization that worked within the highest and most secret levels of the government. CIA involvement. We don't know the truth, but we're getting closer and I can feel it. Uh, I just, I wish to get this guy on the phone. Oh, what do we have here? Could this be Steve Bromley? Hello? Hello, Jerry. Yeah, hi. Who who is this? Krav. Krav Damdan. Krav Damdan. Who? Wait, what? Krav Damdan. Okay, Krav. You're live here with the Halloween conspiracy. So, uh, what's what's the nature of your business, pal? You don't find it weird that I was able just to call you? Well, uh, I mean... Your phone number. 
you know, uh, a lot of people have my phone number. You didn't put it out to anybody, Jerry. Yeah, well, maybe it's just a burner phone that I bought, and I'm just going to replace the SIM card. Yeah, how did you get my number? You were at Walmart buying that phone. Wait a second. Are you following me? Look, I any kind of perceived threat, I, I'm recording you right now. I want to let you know that so uh, all the listeners are going to know exactly what you're up to so I wouldn't confess too much, pal. We're recording you too. Yeah, well, that's fine. Everybody says that I've got a really husky voice. Listen, Jerry. Cut the shit. We don't want you talking to Steve. You get it? People need to know the truth. If if Steve Bromley wants to talk to me, this is still, I believe, a free country. He can call in at any time that he wants. But he won't. He won't because he's a coward. I don't think you're going to get the answers you want from Steve, but I'd be happy to answer them for you. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, I've got a lot of questions. The U.S. public at large has a lot of questions for exactly what went on in Aurora. We've got questions. I've got, I need answers. What do you want to know? Well, first off, is this thing real? It's as real as you want it to be. Oh, look, come on, man. This is just some psycho babble. Everybody knows uh, that this this whole Aurora thing could all just be a, a front for some psychedelic rock band, for all we know. Not likely. The Aurora Institute has existed for an innumerable amount of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got the redacted uh, files here. It says that the the existence of this organization has gone back to uh, 1963, if I'm reading this right. Further. Wait, further? Further. Look, you're not inferring that the... uh, Apparently, that this goes back all the way to Nazi Germany, all the way to Japanese internment camps? This goes back to beyond the comprehension of your feeble mind, Jerry. You do not understand what you are getting yourself into. And I'm just trying to be a buffer between you and it. You have to understand something here. This is the big leagues. This goes beyond TV shows. This goes beyond comic books and stupid pop culture that you so adore and talk about on your podcasts. Enough. This is the real deal. And if you want to make it through this, you're going to ask me the right questions, and I'm going to give you the answers I'm going to give you. Do you understand? Look, I think people like yourself are just desperate for attention. You want to keep uh, propagating this myth, okay? I need to get to the bottom of this. Listen, I just, I've got one question. Is Is the Aurora Institute real? Yes. Okay. So you're backing up these statements and and some of the statements that uh, Stephen Bromley have made at this point? Everything Steve wrote is because Steve works for the Institute. Look, man, I'm just saying a lot of this stuff reads a little bit more H.P. Lovecraft and perhaps even more Stephen King than actual fact. You got to give me something here, pal. You got to give me something. A lot of people 
or influenced by, well, we'll get to him. But I think you want to start from the beginning. And yeah, the 70s, that was the first experiment with simulated horror. And that is where this all leads to today. But that's where you want to start this conversation. So why don't you ask that question? So essentially what I've been, if if I'm, if I'm getting this right, if I'm getting this right and I may or I may not be, you're telling me that the Aurora Institute was able to create real life horror simulations. Yes. That's incredible. I I mean, uh, I mean, what, what are we talking? How, how exactly were they able to do this to an unwilling public? No less. They were willing. Everyone was volunteered, like volunteering themselves to be part of these experiments. And these people even paid to be participants in the experiments. It was a business model. You see, it was to continue to profit off the fear of people. So we heavily invested in promenade theater and we heavily invested in television and we invested in all the things that you love growing up. All the things that made you think about the future and where you are today, things that make you who you are. So essentially you guys have been fear-mongering for profit. Forever. 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 As his will demands. I don't know, man. I mean, this is this is a hard pill to swallow, but I am listening. Well, uh, what documents do you have up right now? What do you have? Um, numerous. Supposedly all the way going back to, uh, let's see what we got. Uh, this is uh, from 2021. This is uh, prepared and written by Dr. Stephen Brownlee, he, who appears to be the only survivor of this whole mess. Steve was the only survivor. Well, according to him, there is no Aurora Institute anymore. Uh, I mean, there's speculation, but for the most part, he says that whatever this organization you speak of has been completely dissolved and doesn't exist anymore. It's good that he said that. He'll keep his head. Why don't you go back a little further, though? I can see you scrolling on Facebook. Yeah, well, it's a good thing I'm wearing my bathrobe. Guys are a bunch of... The Aurora Institute, a secretive medical research organization. Bah, 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 bah. Look, I'm going through this stuff. Hey, listen, man, this reads like Japanese stereo instructions. The hunt. The hunt. The hunt. What the hell is this guy talking about? Oh, shit, I'm still on my phone. Sorry. I'm, maybe I should have muted that. Or did we call it society? Maybe it was society. Look for that. Society. Filed under S. Hey, look, man, basically this is saying that uh, you guys used mind control and marketing to overpower the weak and force their views upon others. That doesn't sound like willing participants. That sounds like you guys are functioning as homegrown terrorism. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. 
Look, I, I get it. I get that everybody wants an escape, but using using these type of techniques, I mean, it goes. This is uh, this is not. This doesn't. You know, you can't do this kind of stuff, man. Listen, Jerry. In the seventies, when we put on society, uh, it was a human trafficking simulation, and in the eighties, when we worked with the federal government creating MKUltra and using MKUltra to facilitate the minds of the people who go through the simulation of MKUltra later on in 2015. Uh, we needed these things. We needed to prepare for what's coming now, what's coming this Halloween. Do you understand? Well, you know what? Okay. Why don't you tell me exactly what's coming this Halloween, pal? Every Halloween season, we get an opportunity to penetrate our world and open up a gate, if you will. Yeah, well, I mean, that goes back to the whole lore of Halloween, that there's a... Supposedly, the walls between the living and the dead and the supernatural, the, the, the veil becomes thinner, if you will. I've heard this all before, man. Y- you've been watching too many 80s horror movies. Or we've been helping write them. Preparing you and everyone else for what's to come. It's called Hidden in Plain Sight. Co-Intel Pro. These are arguably very duplicitous ways of inferring our plans to the public before we do them, acclimating you to the environment, getting you to accept the, uh, accept the inevitable, Jerry, accept the inevitable that, that he is coming. Who is this he you exactly speak of? Sauron. The Lord of the Dead? The Celtic Lord of the Dead. You're telling me that uh, Sawin the uh, the uh, whose roots go back to Ireland. I mean, this is nothing. This is old stuff, man. We're talking about brimstone fire, that whole kind of thing. You're telling me that Samhain, the Lord of the Dead, is coming back this Halloween, and this is this is all happening on Long Island. Yes, exactly that. Actually, you should know, and the public should know. And, and, and I'm happy to do this on your show, actually. Uh, every season when the veil is thin and you go to a haunted house, uh, we no longer have to sacrifice people in mass. We absorb the energy of your screams, your fear, the money that you pay for Halloween decorations. Well, it's still a celebration of, of our pagan past that we are... Uh, you know, still participating in today. Are you listening to yourself? This is completely outlandish. Come on. This this can't be real. You can't believe the nonsense that you're spouting right now. Why, you believe it? You've participated in it. You've worked for several, several haunted attractions on Long Island alone. Okay, okay, yeah. What, 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 I mean, what, what does one have to do with the other? You don't find it weird that you've worked for several haunted attractions and... All of those haunted attractions you worked for were from the Aurora Institute. So you're telling me there's a correlation 
between these haunted attractions and the Aurora Institute? Is that what you're inferring? This is the whole purpose of what we've been doing since the 70s, creating these horror simulations for the public. We are acclimating you to what the plan is. What is what is the end game of this? And that the end game is Halloween forever. And, and not the Halloween that you're used to. The, the real meaning of Halloween. Death. Halloween forever. What, what does that mean? You know what? I'll call you back. Hello? What? what? Come on! Look, you're hearing this. This sounds absolutely bonkers. I mean, come on! The Lord of the Dead, ancient deities, it's all tied to this haunted attraction. This can't, I mean, come on. Look, I can believe a lot of things, folks. This sounds like a good premise for a Netflix series, but I don't know if this is real. I mean, come on. I think some of these guys are crazy. They're just looking for attention. I don't see the correlation, but, you know, regardless, uh, look, supposedly, you know, we live in a digital age. We're constantly on social media. We're playing video games. We just want to escape our lives. And I think these guys are just looking for an escape from the boredom that they live in their little suburban nonsense existence. You know, we compare ourselves to the unachievable. We're constantly bombarded with marketing for products. We're told we should look and act a certain way. And I think all of these people are just buying into that BS. And I got to tell you, that disturbs me. I don't know who this uh, Krom Don Knotts is, Krom Dav Don. <laughs> Come on, man. What kind of name is that? This is ridiculous. We can either keep following this story, but you know what? Next week, we're going to be talking all about the Amityville Horror House. Uh, supposedly, it is a gateway to another dimension. Some folks even say to hell itself. I've seen the movies, I've read the books, and uh, I think it's a whole bunch of malarkey, to be perfectly honest with you. Anyway, this has been the Halloween Conspiracy with me, Jerry Hara. Don't forget to follow me on social media for more tidbits and possible information and clues, and have a happy haunting season. Sick Boy Wolfgang production. Thanks for listening.